All right, so uh, have, how many of you, raise your hand if you have figured out a way to sleep past noon on any given day now that you're in, now that you're in summer break? You slept past noon? Anybody else that slept past noon? All right. Slept past, okay, what's the latest you slept in until, Craig? No, just this, so, so far, since the end of school. School ended exactly one week ago. 1 p.m.? 1.15, she says. Yes, sir, in the back. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. 12.40, woke up, had some cereal, took another nap, right? You just woke up, rolled over, and said, I'm just going to go for it again. All right, all right. How many of you had to get up at the same time you had to get up when you were ever for school? Oh, yeah, all the adults in the room. Caroline, same time for school? What, hap- what, what, what do you have to do? Oh, swim team, you said. Really early. There you go. Overachiever. All right, anybody else? What about you? Run back to me. To, to help her, you got to do some chores and stuff? Yeah. Football, 6 a.m., there you go, getting it done. Who else? Yes, ma'am. At 8, you want to do some chores and stuff? No, no rest of the weary? Yes, ma'am. Still in school, still rocking it. <laughs> haven't figured, haven't finished it all out yet. There you go. All right. Hey, um, hey tonight, like, like, uh, like Brian said, tonight's our first kickoff night for, for Clyde. Some middle school students, we're glad that you're here. High school students, glad that you're here. Uh, if you're in a new category, first time in middle school, first time in high school, uh, et cetera, we're glad that you're here uh, as well. And uh, we, we are, we, we've, got, um, we've got some, some uh, for those of you that are in high school, we, do, we are going to have a, a, a river night, and it looks like it's going to be at the elders. We'll have directions and all that stuff available for you on Sunday, uh, as long as it doesn't rain. So just when you get here Sunday, you'll have directions uh, to that. If it gets rained out, we'll reschedule and make it up. We get a lot of flexibility with those guys. They do a great job uh, and, and host that event for us every year. Remember, it's just fun. Hang out. Come, you know, uh, eat food. We'll play some volleyball. We'll, we'll have some boats there. Get on the river. And uh, it's just a great excuse to get together and have a good time. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version of the Bible. That's what will be on the screens, the ESV. Uh, if you're a middle school student transitioning from high school, typically Brian preaches out of an ESV anyways, um, but if you don't have an ESV Bible, what's a great thing to ask your parents for if you're in high school? If you're in middle school and you think, you, you might take a look at one, you may not think that it's quite um, where you're at if you want to get a New Living Translation. We use a New Living Translation a lot for middle school students, and we highly recommend that for you. High school students, uh, I, I recommend you get a New Living Translation uh, and the, the, the New Living is great for reading kind of large chunks of Scripture. So they used to set aside some time uh, throughout the course of the week or throughout the course of the month uh, in where, where you read large chunks of Scripture, where you read narrative passages, uh, where you read passages like in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings that are, that are longer. And, uh, that's, a great, that's a great translation to read out of when you do things like that. But today we're looking at a real short, um, real short verse in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're looking at uh, what we're going to do this summer is we're going to take and we're going to kind of profile some heroes of the faith. And so the first person we're going to look at is, is, uh, is Noah. And Brian and I are going to kind of alternate uh, different weeks throughout the summer. And, and uh, we're going to look at, we're looking at some heroes uh, of the faith. And we're going to look at, look at 
folks in the Old Testament. Uh, and, and there's some things that you'll see about some of these heroes, that all of them had, uh, all of them had uh, a really big task to accomplish. All of them had kind of some inner, uh, and some, some inner obstacles they had to overcome. All of them had some external obstacles, some villains they had to kind of uh, defeat in their own life. And all of them had uh, some kind of prize, or some kind of reward. And all of them, uh, for the most part, have some kind of also some some kind of footnote in their legacy of, of, of an example that kind of really shows us they were human too, that they had some mistakes that they made uh, and some challenges they had to overcome that were self-inflicted. And so the first person we're going to look at is, uh, is Noah. And so uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, it says this. It says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, uh, and <clears throat> I'll start over so you can follow along as I read. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Let's pray together, and then we'll jump into this uh, as we start and look at, look at Noah here, first night of Collide, shall we? Father in heaven, thank you for this, this day. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're a God that reaches and writes yourself into history, that, you, um, that you've communicated to us through uh, the scriptures, and that you've given us the, the example and the model of men like Noah for us to look at and to emulate uh, and to learn from, uh, and God, ultimately, to be, uh, to be even more assured of your, of your sovereignty, of your salvation, your care for people. Uh, and God, we thank you that in, in Noah we see a man for us to emulate, a faith for us to, uh, to strive towards, and we see the promise uh, and the ultimate fulfillment of Jesus in, uh, in, <clears throat> in this story. So God, we pray and we thank you. We ask that you bless this time together. Help us to leave here changed and different from how we've walked in. Uh, and we pray that your word and, and your son Jesus would be lifted uh, high uh, as, we, as we talk here today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> and so, uh, so I, don't, I don't ever want to assume anything, but, but I, also wanna, um, I also don't want to spend a lot of time covering ground that maybe you're already familiar with. So I'm going to kind of give you the Cliff's Notes uh, version kind of kept you up to speed on, on who Noah is and what he did and why he was important. Uh, Noah's given a pretty, uh, pretty significant task. Um, Noah's story takes place, it starts in Genesis chapter 6. And Genesis chapter 6 is relatively early in human history. It's really early in the Bible and the recorded history. And, and um, things have not gone well up until Genesis chapter 6. Uh, in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates Adam and Eve. He places them in a garden. Adam and Eve fall. They rebel against God's standards, God's commands, uh, and sin enters the world through Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, uh, and, and their relationship with one another, relationship with God, becomes very difficult, very strained. Um, and, and subsequently, all the human relationships um, that, that begin to come from Adam and Eve are pretty difficult and pretty strained, too, to the point by the we get to, the, to Genesis chapter 6 takes place. Uh, God, God uh, records through Moses, who wrote Genesis, that, um, that God was not pleased. In fact, there was nothing really pleasing at all about humanity. It, it had really gone downhill quickly, and sin uh, and, and the powers of darkness had really overcome uh, the world. And so God actually um, looks, if you take your Bible and you look to Genesis chapter 6, uh, God makes a decision um, that that, um, that the earth was filled with violence and corruption. In verse 11, it says, The earth was filled in violence and corruption. God saw the, old, the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all the flesh had corrupted on their way there. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them 
with the earth. And actually what God decided to do was basically to kind of start over. And um, as a judgment to, for uh, the sin and the violence and the corruption that was on the earth, um, and also as a way to kind of redeem and restore it, ultimately God used um, the earth and the powers of nature to destroy all the living things on earth with the exception of Noah and Noah's family. And what he did was, uh, <clears throat> was he... he uh, he caused, uh, uh, or he told Noah, Noah, I'm, I'm going to destroy the earth, and I want you to build an ark. I want you to build a big boat. And so Noah built a boat in the middle of a place not surrounded by water. In fact, probably in a, in a time when it had never rained before. There'd probably never been rain before that had come from the sky. And so he builds a big, a big boat. And, um, and so uh, I, I want us to kind of take the, the story of Noah and extract uh, some principles from it. I want, I want us to look at four um, kind of principles of heroes in the Old Testament and specifically of Noah's life from Hebrews chapter 11 because we don't have a lot of time to unpack all of um, Genesis 6, 7, and 8. If you get time tonight, I encourage you to read it. But um, from Hebrews chapter 11, okay, four, uh, four just kind of observations for you. Okay, this is real kind of, real, summer's kind of, some kind of light, uh, kind of, kind of relaxed, kind of chill. Everybody's put together. I want just four real quick observations and then uh, I'm going to pray with you and we're going to sing and and then we're gonna, uh, and then we're gonna go to Dairy Queen. If you want to go to Dairy Queen, okay. So we're gonna try to run uh, on time and 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 do all that. All right. <clears throat> um, four quick, first, four real quick observations from Hebrews chapter eleven, verse seven, about Noah, about faith, about heroes and villains, and and all of that. Just from this one verse. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. Hey, <clears throat> one of the things about the heroes of the faith um, is that they talked regularly with God. Um, this past week, we took um, some, of our, <clears throat> some of our rising seniors, some people who just completed their junior year. We took about 15 of them uh, with us to a lake in Arkansas. I got away for, for four full days, and we were on the lake. Uh, we, we, we ate and drank and slept and played and uh, everything, just kind of in this one, basically one big house, kind of two houses. Um, and and, and man, we, we spent the whole, like, four full days together. Uh, and, and really for the, just the purpose of kind of, of building relationships and, and really thinking and talking and praying about their senior year and their leadership in our student ministry. And one of the things that we talked about was that, you know, as, as students, we want you to desire to do great things for the kingdom. I think God specifically calls and equips and places inside of students the desire uh, to do great things for the kingdom that he doesn't put in, in any other people. I think that you are uniquely gifted as a student, as a young person in a middle school or in a high school in Bradley County. I think you have one of the greatest positions of influence in all of our county. I really do. I think that through you, you could literally see your entire school and your entire community. I, I think you could be used by God to transform the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I think, I believe God's calling some young people in this, even in this room, to do some 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 really, really, really great and some really big things, just like God was calling Noah. But one of the things that you're going to find out about heroes of the faith is that heroes of the faith, before they were used to do great things by God, they walked regularly with Jesus. Okay. They talked regularly with God. They spent time learning about God. They spent time knowing God. And there's a difference. There's a difference between learning things about God and memorizing Scripture and knowing Scripture and being able to retell stories 
and be able to say that you know God, that you talk to God. Knowing stories about someone is like you being able to tell me all the things that you know about Justin Bieber or LeBron James. Be able to tell me his birthday and be able to tell me his, his favorite color and his favorite songs and, and where he goes on vacation and what's on his latest Instagram and all those, all those things. You can tell me things about those people. If you're a girl, it's probably Justin Bieber, save a few exceptions. Where's Grace on? Don't be excited. I know, I know, Grace. I know, all right? If you're a guy, it's more likely LeBron James or Kobe or whoever your, whoever your kind of man crush is, all right? David Beckham, all right, I don't know. That's it. I just lost the back half of the room, all right. <clears throat> all, right. all right? Knowing things about those two guys, Justin Bieber or LeBron James, right, doesn't mean that you know them. doesn't mean you know them. If you saw them in the airport, you wouldn't have anything to talk about except for the things that you know about them, but you don't know them, right? God's the same way. You can know things about God, without actually knowing him. You can't know him without knowing things about him. And so the heroes of the Old Testament, the heroes of the faith, and, 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 and every person who's ever done or accomplished anything great in human history, uh, or in Christian history, I should say, have known and walked with God. It's implicit in this verse, in, in verse 7, right? By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events yet unseen. God looks out and he sees Noah. Noah's the only righteous uh, man left on the earth, basically. Because Noah had spent time with him. Noah's committed. Noah, Noah had, had kept the faith. So you've got to spend time with Jesus. Let me just ask you, now that you're out of your routine, has your quiet time suffered? For those of you that are having a regular time with God, that you had a routine in school, um, find a new routine and figure out where it fits. And if you haven't started one, Right, because you were so busy during the semester, because you had so much academic demand, because you had your class load was so intense, because you had so much homework, you had so much things, you had so many things going on, you just literally couldn't find the time to 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 have a, a a quiet time, a devotional time where you spent time regularly with Jesus. You don't really have that excuse anymore. Right. And so I really challenge you: find time in your schedule right now that you can spend with Jesus every single day. I encourage you to do it in the mornings. But listen, if you're not doing anything right now, I'd much rather you do it at night than to not do it at all. Right? And so, and, and for those of you who are, like, if you're spending just a little bit of time reading, like, maybe a small devotional, maybe you're a Jesus calling or something like that, maybe Jesus is calling you to spend more than, like, two or three minutes a day with him. Okay? Spend a little bit longer. Spend a little bit more time. Right. <clears throat> so spend time regularly with Jesus. Number two, <clears throat> there's an inner response to faith before there's an outer response, okay? Before it's God, God's going to actually use you to do something great. If you want God to use you to do something great, you've got to walk and spend time daily with him, but you also have to respond early in an inward way first, okay? You've got to, all good things right, start from the inside, just like faith. It starts at the heart level. Notice what it says in verse 7. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events, he has in reverent fear, in reverent fear constructed. Noah believed in his heart. Before he even picked out one board to start building an ark, Noah believed the promises of God. Noah believed that God was calling him to do. And Noah responded in faith. Noah responded in faith. And, and faith is a heart 
posture towards the one true living God. You have to know him and you have to respond in your heart. You have to believe in your heart that God's calling you to do something great. You have to believe in your heart the promises of God that are associated with all the scriptures. I was on a retreat uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was kind of a different kind of retreat. It was a prayer retreat, and it was primarily for adults. In fact, it was exclusively for adults. There weren't any students there. Um, it was kind of sort of um, by design. You, I think you could have come if you wanted to, but none of you signed up, and, and, um, and I don't blame you. I probably wouldn't have gone to a prayer retreat when I was your age um, either. It sounded, sounds kind of weird. It sounds like, you know, we walk into a room, there's a whole bunch of candles, um, and people are just like monks. And uh, I don't know, that's what it sounded like to me. That's not what it sounded like to me. Um, but actually, it was really, really good. It really was. Just to be honest with you, it was really, really good. And um, one of the things that we did was there was a time when there's a guy who's kind of leading the thing. And it, I promise you, it wasn't weird. There weren't candles. It was like daylight, and there was a room. And um, we were in a room kind of like this, and chairs were kind of in a square. And uh, he, he talked about, um, hey, let's, let's claim some of the promises of Scripture. And, uh, it's in a, it's, and I was the, one of the youngest, Brian and I were probably two of the youngest guys, I think we were the youngest guys in the room by um, a pretty good margin. And, um, and so these are people that knew, uh, they knew the scriptures, uh, they'd been around church, there were, a lot of them were leaders in our church, uh, Mike and Tammy were there, and some other, I don't think, you know, also there, Mike and Tammy were there, they're, um, it, was, it was, guys, it was good, wasn't it, it wasn't, it wasn't dorky, it was, it was good. Um, but they said, hey, let's claim some promises of scripture. And so um, we're uh, um, pretty good at remembering the promises of Scripture because of the good things in Scripture, right? Hard time remember the warnings sometimes, but remember the good things, the promises of Scripture, just like, um, just like you and your relationship with your parents, right? If they promise to take you to Disney World, you're going to hold on to that one, right? And if they tell you, um, and if you don't clean your room, uh, you're going to be grounded, well, that one sometimes, you know, or you've got you to gotta, uh, clean your room before you go do something, sometimes that one, kind of the warnings tend to, uh, we miss those sometimes before we, we really hang on to the promises. And so we're in a room full of people, um, and, uh, and honestly, Mike and Tammy were some of the youngest people in the room. Um, and they are holding on to the promises, man. They've got the promises. And so he says, hey, well, I want you to start listing some of the promises of Scripture and reading them out. And people would stand up, and they would read, and they, they'd read them out of Psalms, they'd read them out of Isaiah, and they'd, they'd go to the they go to Romans, we're not Romans, and Colossians, promises, and there's just promises just everywhere. Jeremiah and Genesis, and people are just promises, promises, promises. And I'm trying to write them all down. I'm trying to look at as many of them as I can. And I noticed something um, that that uh, I noticed something that a lot a lot of the people weren't reading these parts of the verses because they come right after or right before. And a lot of the promises of God are actually conditional promises. They're not just conditional upon being a Christian or, or conditional upon believing in God, but they're conditional, they're promises that are given to the righteous. They're promises that are given to those people who are, who are heeding the warnings that God also gives and whose hearts are set towards Jesus. They're promises that are given, but they're conditional upon you being one of the righteous. And sometimes we just claim them and say, that's me, that's me, that's me, I can't wait to claim this promise my question would be, are you righteous? Are you righteous? It's a heart matter. That obedience first begins in the heart, and then it flows into other areas. Number, number three. 
faith ultimately extends beyond the heart. It does require action. Faith requires action. You can spend time daily with God. Your heart can be in a posture of obedience and, and righteousness. Um, but ultimately, faith expresses itself in action. And this is sometimes where the church, and, and I use that term, big C church, the, all the churches, all the Christians, but also our own church. Also, if we're being honest and we look ourselves in the mirror, our own student ministry, where we probably fall down. So that was one of the things our students brought up on our, on our retreat this weekend, our seniors, is that we don't do enough in our own community. We do a lot of stuff uh, internationally. We do stuff, a, lot of, a lot of stuff nationally to encourage church plants and other things globally. And, and we do and trips to Haiti. And we sent, last year we sent students to like five different countries from our church. Nicaragua and, and Haiti and um, Cambodia and, and the Philippines and Nepal. And we sent students all over, all, uh, 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 we sent students to Africa, six or seven different countries. Um, but how, how, I mean, how many of you know where the, don't, don't raise your hand. How many of you know where the homeless shelter is in Cleveland? No, 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 don't, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. This, is, this is, how many of you know where the homeless shelter is? How many of you know the guy, uh, the name of the couple there that kind of leads it? How many of you know where the soup kitchen is in Cleveland? Did you know you have a soup kitchen? How many of you know um, the best place to go to drop off, uh, how, how many of you know the name of some of the ladies that volunteer at the Pregnancy Crisis Center here in Cleveland? How many of you volunteer at the Pregnancy Crisis Center here? How many of you know the people, the name of, of, of one family who lives in a new house built by Habitat for Humanity? How many of you worked on it? You, you see where I'm going with this? Faith expresses itself in action. Ultimately, faith expresses itself in action. If God's calling you to do something great for the kingdom, it's going to cost you something. For Noah, it was the ridicule of all of his neighbors and all of his countrymen when, you know, picture yourself in the middle of a desert right? In a place where it's never before rained, and you're building a cruise ship, right? You're building a cruise ship, right? Not on a trailer, not behind a team of donkey or ox, but like just in the middle of a barren wasteland, you're building a cruise ship. Seems pretty ridiculous, right? Well, I mean, we give each other a lot harder time for a lot stupider stuff, or a lot simpler stuff than that, right? So this guy was this guy this guy um, put his faith into action, and he and he and he ignored all the haters and all the doubters, all the voices, all all that stuff. He set it all aside, and he said, "No, no, God's called me to do something, and, I'm, and it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me something. Faith requires action." I really encourage you. I ask you some of those questions. Um, we've got to do more as a student ministry. We've got to do more in the area of, of Cleveland and our community and not just the north side of Inman Street. Not just north of Inman Street. We've got to do more. Um, and so I'm, you take this, this is a public challenge to every single one of you, okay? Um, although Brian and I and, and our staff and volunteers, we bear some of that responsibility, it doesn't all fall on us, okay? And so seniors, if this is really going to be your group in your ministry, right, then I'm challenging you. Let's figure out a way for our students and our ministry to be involved in reaching Cleveland and helping people in Cleveland, not just the people that look like us. Okay. Um, fourth and finally, um, <clears throat> by this, by the, the end of verse 7, by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. 
Noah's life, and Noah's remembered as a, as a great saint in, throughout the church, and he should be, and he was. Noah's life was not perfect, and it wasn't without error. One of the last stories we read about Noah is of Noah um, after uh, the blessing, after the covenant with God that God would not destroy the earth again, after the rainbow and all that kind of stuff, and they unload the ark, and they start repopulating the earth and all that, um, is a, a story at the very end of, of beginning of chapter 10, I think, or the end of chapter 9 in Genesis. And Noah, he's beginning of chapter 10, Noah's um, passed out drunk in a tent, uh, and, and one of his sons comes in to laugh at him and mock at him, um, and he's, he's completely naked, uh, comes out and tells two other sons, and they, they come in and they cover him um, out of reverence and, and, and fear for, for the Lord and for him, respect for him. It's a very embarrassing chapter kind of in his, in his life. Um, and it's one of the last things that we read about him, and he curses, uh, he curses one of his, the, the sons of, of the, the generate the lineage and genealogy of one of his sons. Um, so, so he wasn't perfect. Okay. Um, and even as great as the getting off of that ark and the covenant with God and the rainbow and all that stuff was, um, his full reward didn't come until, it didn't come in this realm. Okay. It didn't come in this realm. And that's what I want, that's the last thing I want you to remember. Is that even you look to the great heroes of the faith, uh, is you look to what God may be calling you to do, God may be calling you to step out and and, and start some ministry or start some initiative or, or have a conversation or lead this person to the Lord, that, that the full reward of whatever it is that God's calling you to, it's very, you're going to receive it in part, but almost never in full in this realm. Almost never in full in this realm. Okay. What does that mean? It means quite simply, um, <laughs> it means you, you, the full reward, right? the the, the the great treasure of whatever it is that God's calling to do, the great treasure of your faith and your obedience to Jesus in your life, you, you're probably not going to see it with your eyes, feel it with your hands, hear it with your ears, or sense it in some, kind, some other way. Most likely it's going to come for you and for us in the age to come. After our death in heaven, in the new heavens and the new earth, um, through the impact that we'll have on people that, have other, that meet other people and, and, and that lead other people to the Lord that we'll never see or never know or never sense. Our reward comes through that, and we have to be okay with that. Uh, Christianity is not about instant gratification. It's not about, um, it's not about um, God's not promising you, I, I promise, I'm promising you that God's not promising you wealth and health and fame and fortune and good life and, and um and six figures, he may be promising you, if you're fully obedient, if you're fully obedient to Jesus, God may be promising you persecution and an early death. He may be calling you to exhaust yourself. He may, he may be calling you to exhaust yourself on the mission field in Africa. He might be doing that. I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying that's the only way that you can live a life that glorifies and pleases Jesus, but you have to be willing to do so. You have to be willing to do so. Hey, I hope, I, hope, um, I hope that as we kind of wind down tonight, um, I hope you can draw some, some inspiration, some encouragement from the life of Noah. Uh, I also think, and I hope that tonight you've been caused to kind of look inwardly and see, where am I on this kind of spectrum? This can be, do I even walk with God? Do I have a heart that's kind of postured towards obedience? Is my faith resulting in action? 
am I, am I willing, am I looking for a, for a reward that's right now? Am I, am I doing things for the applause of men and for the, for the attaboys that I get from my parents or my small group leader or my youth pastor or my pastor or a teacher or a coach? Am I living for rewards that happen in the here and now or am I, have I set my heart and my mind towards the things unseen, the things eternal, the things far out in the future? Those are the things I want you to think about as Anna and as the, as the guys kind of say, let me pray for us and then uh, I want us to spend just a few moments in reflection and, and song together. Father in heaven, God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for uh, your scriptures, for the example of Noah. And Lord, we pray and we ask that, that uh, you would cause us to consider uh, what makes Noah such a great hero of the faith. And Lord, we, we ask that you would, uh, I ask personally, God, and selfishly, that you would help each student here examine their heart. Do they have a, a personal relationship with you? Do they call Jesus uh, by name? And does Jesus know them? And uh, and do they spend regular time with him? God, I pray that you'd help each student here if they don't spend regular time with, with God on a daily basis, that you'd, you'd put people in their life and, and cause them to seek out those who would, who would help them with, with a discipline like that. God, I pray that, um, that each one of us would have a, a heart tor- turned towards uh, repentance and obedience uh, inwardly, God, that we would genuinely uh, fear you and genuinely want to please you, not for any reward or benefit of our own, but God, that we would do so because we love you and, and you're the one true living of God. You're, you're, you're worthy of our worship. Lord, I pray that, I pray that, uh, that, that the things that we believe about you and our, our, our experiences with you would result in action, God, in the way that we treat our family members and our friends. Lord, I pray that it would, it would cause us to care deeply about our community and those that are around us uh, and those that are near to us, and those that, that we pass every day in the hallway or uh, in the workplace or on the team, God, that, that don't look exactly like us, I pray that we would we would uh, we'd be moved to work. Uh, and, and finally, God, I pray that you would set our hearts and our minds on the things that are eternal, uh, and that we would, <clears throat> we would live as you've called us to live, not because uh, there's some short-term benefit for us, but God, I pray that our reward would be in heaven, uh, and, I, and I pray that we would, we would have hearts turned towards the things that are eternal. And so now as we worship, we pray that you'd be pleased by the singing of your saints and uh, maybe just the prayers of, uh, of those who, for the very first time, will call upon your name for salvation. God, I pray that you, your spirit would move in such a way that would enable those things to take place here now. And if conversations need to be had, if repentance needs to be sought, Lord, let this be the place and the time and the hour that happens. Invite you to stand. You can sit and come to the front. You can seek out an adult. There's several here that would love to help you and pray with you. Uh,